Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, we're back in the same back in full effect. Um, thank God for every last one of you. This is our Bible study series. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Uh, reset and reconnect. This is six week Bible study on discipleship. We are on part four. We're on part <clears throat> four. I'm glad that you guys are here. This is New Nazareth Ministries. Uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube, um, and podcast. So um, tune in, you know, like, comment, subscribe, check it out. Um, I am, you know, a teacher by trade. So I love to teach and break down what the word is saying. There's a lot of people. I've noticed a lot of people over the years know what the Bible says, but they don't know what it means. So they're just blurting out scripture and people just nodding their head. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's not what it means. You know, and sometimes they're just totally bent and stretched it to where it's like, it don't even read that when you read it. So that's why I feel um, Bible study is important and discipleship is essential in the body of Christ. So let's get to it. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to study uh, another portion of your word to, uh, to learn. I thank God for every person that's represented here. Thank God for their families and uh, just thank God for you being with us. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. So here it is. Today's goal, we're going to discuss Discipleship at the first Pentecost. Now, last time we talked, it was about how it should look, right? So we want to set this at God's word, God, the church, the community, which that means to start over, right? Which that means to start over. So uh, to be renewed in Christ. Of the life of young Samuel and his mentor Eli. Um, so, as disciples of Christ, we can develop disciples by being a really being a godly example. You can you can comment, you can add on to this information, to this conversation um, uh, by living in life and to provide a godly example by ministering to God and to His people. Now, since we are in the in this season, today we're going to discuss what discipleship looked like back in those times. Okay, and so, so we're going to talk about how we're going. To, we talked about that already. So remember, our accurate text is Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse nineteen through twenty. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, the question, of course, is what should a disciple of Jesus Christ do? That's to go and to make. Now, let's read the day of Pentecost. Let's get to it. Okay, remember, making disciples is for everyone. It's not just for the the pastor, or the preacher, or the church mothers or the deacons is for everyone. So let's read. Um, 
Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Since when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Read for the NIV version. Suddenly it sounds like blowing, blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to the rest of on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, what is or what was the day of Pentecost? Okay, what was the day of Pentecost? This was an event that happened 50 days after the Passover celebration. In Greek means 50, okay? Pente in Greek means 50, all right? Write that down. This event also called, was also called the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of 50 Days in the Jewish tradition. Uh, we have to understand at this point, there were Jews coming from everywhere, not just from Jerusalem. Okay, uh, some were coming from uh, coming as far as Ethiopia and Africa, and some as far uh, into Egypt. So there were Jews in Africa coming in all, all the parts of the world also. Hence, that's the reason why I got this picture. All right. So the question, of course, what is Pentecost? That is a, uh, a festival. They have to celebrate uh, after Passover celebration. Why were they there? to celebrate the great things that God has done for them. Uh, where the, well, the question is, were this a divisive group? No, they were together in one accord. They have one goal, one mind, that is to celebrate and worship God together. Okay, so what did discipleship look like during this time at Pentecost? They were on one accord. Mm -hmm. Now, so you guys could tell me or type it, you know, Facebook it or whatever. Uh, keep in mind, they would come from various cultural backgrounds with different languages and customs. Okay. So, but they had one focus, which was God. Okay. Now, today, we may be of African descent, uh, some of us from European descent, uh, Middle Eastern or whatever, but we come from. And we come from different home home lives. Some lived in the city. Some of us grew up in the country. Some had two parents. Some had one. Some had grandparents raising them. But we're all here to serve and worship God. And with being on one accord does not mean we have to agree on everything. That's that is the major contention most of the time. We have to to say yes to everything. No, I'm here just like you here. I'm here to worship God now. We don't have to agree on everything, you know, because we're different. It's okay, right? So they had the same mind. They, they agreed to serve God, okay? Now, let's look further. Uh, it's just said we're moving on. And suddenly, uh, and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven to fill the house where they were sitting. They saw that seemed to be tones of fire. That that uh, separated and came to the rest of each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit um, and began to speak in other tongues and speak enabled them. Now, because they were on one accord, they may have heard the gospel message in their own language, but it was the same message. 
they had the different, they had they heard different languages, but it was one message. In making disciples, and no matter where we are around the globe, we should have the same message. Okay, we should have the same message. Um, now the presentation may be different because of the culture or because of the climate. However, the message, the gospel message should be the same. Okay. Now, what does discipleship look like? They were on one accord. Yeah, and they had the same message. Okay, they had one message. Now, according to Peter, Jesus is both who? We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Now, um, I think I jumped ahead a little bit, but let's look at it. Okay, Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 38. Therefore, let all Israel be assured that God has made whom you crucify, both Lord and Messiah. That's your answer. Okay, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and people. Since Peter and other side of brothers, but yeah, we do. People reply, repent, and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of the Father. Uh, the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people on that day were present at the crucifixion. They didn't just leave, right? A lot of them were at Pilate's judgment hall. They were there. Can I go further? They were out there in Jerusalem saying, Hosanna, a week or so before that. So now Peter said, hey, bro, he said, therefore, be assured, God made Jesus, whom you crucified, made him both Lord and Christ. That's the message. What discipleship look like at Pentecost? That same message. It says, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, Lord and Messiah. Okay? What does that mean? What does that mean? Um, God has made Jesus, not me, not you. God has made Jesus both Lord and Messiah. Okay? And so, there are many lords, that, that, but none are Messiah. Saul was king, David was king, uh, and Lord over Jerusalem, by the way. But Jesus is king of kings and the Lord of lords. And at the name of Jesus, every knee Pass behind every time we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There are many messiahs or anointed ones like the prophets, um, but God did not make them Lord. When Jesus fulfilled the uh, entire word of God, he was baptized by John, and God said, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. At the Mount of Transfiguration, God told Peter, James, and John, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. Now, but what does that mean? Peter means, what does he mean by Lord? This part of the message. It focuses on his divinity and his divine authority, Lord. Remember, he was there at the Mount of Transfiguration. God, God declared that, declared it up there with them. Let's look at Isaiah. Chapter 9, verse 6. Let's look at it. Hope you guys are writing this down. 
Do that to see this while we're doing this. Cause I... Okay, it says, for, of course, we talked about this. We talked about this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He says, he said the government shall be on his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, nobody else has that title. David, as wonderful as David is, he does not have that title. As wonderful as Moses is, Moses, he does not have that title. Okay, they, they shall call him, right? Now, let's look at John chapter five. I'm sorry, chapter eight, verse 58. What does it say? What does it say? It says, Jesus said unto you, before Abraham was, I am. What does that mean? Talk to me. Like, comment, subscribe. You know, before Abraham was, I am. What is what is it? What is that? So that means before Abraham was even, even existed, Jesus was already there. And and let me get let me get a few more of let me get a few others. Um, let's get to Hebrews. Hebrews. I don't know why this day put my spelling on black. It's spell okay. It's spell all right. Now <clears throat> here it is. Whither the forerunner uh, is for us entered, even Jesus made and high priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek, the high priest goes before God on the behalf of the people, and he goes before the people on the behalf of, uh, of God. That is a priest. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, talks about his divine authority at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, talks about this also. Jesus is our perfect high priest, the one and only. When it comes down to our salvation. Now, here for your references, here's a few more scriptures there. Okay. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, John chapter 8, verse 38, first Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6, Philippians 2 and 9, Hebrews 6 20, and Hebrews 12, 2 and 13, verse 8. Now, Jesus is Lord. Now, let's what does it mean about Mm. What does it mean by that? Of course, we have a few verses here. Okay. Y'all can screenshot that really quick. And we're going to get into it. Why? Because I don't want to just throw a lot of verses, just the straight machine gun verses at you. And you didn't have time to look at it, right? Guess what we're going to do? We're going to get into it. Let's see what Genesis say. Let's see what, let's see what my little, there you go. So we're just going to jot, we're going to get a few of them, and then we're going to move on. Genesis 3. I challenge you guys to read it at your own leisure uh, as much as possible, as often as possible. And I will put an enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, it will bruise thy head and shall bruise his heel. 
We're talking about the prophetic word of God, talking about Christ coming to uh, eradicate this concept of sin and death by putting the foot, his foot on the neck of Satan. Okay, that's good news to me. You know, I don't know about you. Now, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Yeah, it says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the, from the midst of thee, and thy brother like unto thee, unto him ye shall hearken. So we're talking about him being the Messiah. We will listen to him. Uh, let me let me go to Jeremiah. Let me see what Jeremiah has to say. I try to go to verse through the Bible, not just one verse. I, I like to see the, you know, you, I believe scripture, let's do Daniel real quick. I believe scripture interprets scripture. That is me. I like to go through the Bible say, I saw the night visions and behold one like the son of man came in the clouds of heaven and came in the ancient, and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. So he is, Daniel is seeing the vision of the Messiah coming okay he couldn't see everything like possibly looked at the glass darkly but being a prophet he couldn't see the whole thing just like uh mary wants to know how he can see the whole thing however however daniel saw some of it okay let's get to jeremiah let's see what jeremiah has to say jeremiah chapter 23 Verse five through six, I am thankful for today about the word. It says, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise up, raise unto David a righteous branch, and the king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. So we talked about Emmanuel, the wonderful counsel, mighty God, everlasting Father. Here's another one, the Lord, our righteousness, right? The Messiah, right? That is good news. That is wonderful that we, we have somebody that can help us, right? Now, of course, New Testament, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 11. It says, and the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy. And, you know, this very Christmas, you know, like Charlie Brown and when Linus is is is, is spitting out this, this, this great uh, oratory about the Messiah to come. And so Luke chapter 2, verse 2 through 11 says, the angel said to him, fear not, for behold, I bring you uh, tidings of great joy. We shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, that is amazing. Of course, we have other uh, verses. Um, of course, Luke 10. And then we have John also. I believe we have John, John 1, verse 14 to 15. Read that at your leisure. But there it is, okay? Um, you can always rewind and come back to it, y'all. Uh, what is the other part of the message? What is the other part of get to it? Uh, the other part of the message is repent. Ah, that is a ooh, that is rough. That's rough. That part is rough. Whenever we hear repent, we we hear the people 
doing a uh, greater repent, repent, you know, Billy Graham or whatever. Uh, and, and repenting has got a bad reputation. But what does that mean? That means turn by faith to God to renounce what we have done. Okay, repent. What does that mean? To change your mind, firmly believe on, rely on Christ, right? Believe in his name. Believe he is Lord. You're turning from what you used to do to what you are going to do. And he says, um, many, many scriptures uh, throughout talks about repenting, changing. You know, um, we can't encounter God and be the same. Uh, Jacob uh, walked with a limp for the rest of his life. Moses encountered God. His hair went from black to, to white. Something changes when we turn to God. You know, um, <laughs> one of the preachers would, would say it was so, it was, you know, simple, but it was profound. When a wise man encountered Jesus, they went another way. You know, when we encounter God, we may come up one way. We may come come up a sinner and leave a saint. You know, another way. We would uh, go up an, an, abusive, an abusive person, an abuser, and leave better. Go up and come up to him drunk and high as a kite, but leave clean. That's repentance. That's what it is. Plain and simple. You know, some people try to, you know, they got 10 steps and all these things. I got to do this. Got to, mm, no. Turn by faith to God, right? Your, sin, your sins may be as high as the mountains, but just like the flood, the Lord's grace covers them all. Right? And I think Joel... I'm going to touch on Joel chapter 2, verse 13. It says, rent your heart and not your clothes. Okay, yeah, okay. You know, I'm sorry. And you're, you know, you're crying and woohooing and snotting, but nothing happened. Rend your heart and not your clothes. Your heart, our hearts has to change. Because your actions may be, temp be, may be a temporary thing, right? So the question is, who is this promise for? Okay, who calls generations? This promise is for everyone. And this is for every generation. And it, why is it important for us to know Jesus uh, would call people to him? Because if, if, if we call people, it's not going to work. Okay. Um, when we call people, it's not going to work. It's like, um, you know, we... You see how people with great um, um, leadership skills or have a great movement, and when they uh, come out, you know, step off the scene, it just falls apart. Why? Because they was gravitating towards the speaker or that particular person instead of the actual principal, right? So in this case, um, most most churches and others uh, organizations they would gravitate towards a great speaker, a great preacher, or whatever, but not not coming for the word. They're not coming to God. They're coming to the person, right? So on the day of Pentecost, how many souls were baptized? It was 3,000. Okay. Yeah. So 
so the question is, what did it look like? Um, what did they do? They fellowship. They did life together. Okay? This is what we can do. After we bring people, after we talk to people, live, do life with them. Discipleship is an ongoing thing. It is to have a short little class with a hunt with 50 people and you call that discipleship. No, no, that, that's not how it goes. It's one-to-one. It's one-on-one, okay? We can do that today. I'm telling you, like I mentioned before, Eli, um, Eli, his sons were in line to be priests behind him, but they did not believe and they acted a fool, right? But guess what? Samuel was there. We, we, we love our families. We love them. And we, we, we thank God for them. But you may have somebody outside your family hanging around, just, just, just waiting on you to give them an encouraging word. That, that, that person, that young person, or even an adult may, may need to know what the Bible says, what the word of God says. No, you don't have to hear them with a thousand verses. No. You know, some people feel like you gotta, you gotta, you know, slap them with all and, and chicken grease and, and, and speaking to them. No, 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 no. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. So to sit with them, answer their call or their text. I'm telling you, oh, um, I am fortunate to be to be here uh, because of who discipled me. And you know, he passed away a few years ago, but everything he says and everything that he does, I watched him. He was a great man. His name was Alan Wallows. He was a great man. And he put up with me, he answered my questions. He would email me words. He would even write me letters. That is discipleship. That was a, that was years. It wasn't, you know, a few months and the only way. No, discipleship is ongoing. Look around you. There is somebody that came to Christ by faith and just want to know the way. Let's reset and reconnect together, y'all. We can do this. But, you know, um, my name is Marcus, and, you know, I'm here to share the word of God. It's New Nazareth Ministries. Uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. But before we get into that, we got to pray, right? Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together to hear another portion of your word to reset, reconnect, and see how it was done on the day of Pentecost that had one message. And they 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 quoted Jesus Lord and Messiah and they fellowship with each other. Pray that we won't fail in this in the coming years. Watch over us and keep us and forgive us 
Bless those who are listening, those who are tuning in. Bless them wherever they are in whatever situation they're in. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Talk to you later. Have a good one. God bless you.